0: And if you can lift your hand, which is where you are, just lift your hands. Mm. As you lift your hand to the heavens. I believe God's just working on your behalf right now. So if you're not used to raising your hands, just even a little bit, or closing your eyes in front of others, I encourage you just to do that now. And as you do so, Holy Spirit, come. Anyone who's feeling heavy laden or feeling burdened or came into this place burdened this morning. I sense God saying, I want to give you rest today. I also sense that there's people in here who came in today with a smile on their face but their hearts broken. God sees you and he wants you to know this morning that he loves you so dearly and so much that he's working on your behalf right now that you even may not see it right now but he has gone before you for any one of those who have a broken heart this morning I just want to encourage you surrender your heart to God this morning because we are the clay and he is the potter and allow him to mend your heart again not the way of man but the way of God the real potter that he forms you in his likeness and in his image that in this moment that God just mending your heart together again God's bringing hope back into your heart again God's given you clear vision again and that you'll see things that you've never seen before. That as love become more evident in this very moment. Father, come afresh. We thank you. The healer is in the room. Salvation's in this room the way makers in this room. So whatever your situation right now, you know what you're going through? Why don't you lift up to the Lord right now because he's in the room. Say it to him. If it's a person or if it's a situation that you're going through, why don't we just say it to God and go, God, we give it to you this morning. our hands, our physical hands and our hands are not way makers but Jesus Christ is the way maker, he is the way, the truth and life so why don't you give those very things that you may be struggling with, the very things that may be pulling you down, the very things that have been pushing you with so much burden why don't you give it to God this morning so Heavenly Father we just go, here here you are all the frustrations, all the or the heartache or the things or the mamai that's in our heart we surrender to you Holy Spirit because we are the clay and you are the potter that are in you that we may find rest and in you we may find freedom and in you we may find complete healing if we just surrender to you and so Father we surrender to you right now we, we, we yield our hearts to you right now we yield our mind to you Right now, we yield a physical body to you right now. That you may speak to us and our ears are listening, our eyes are seeing, and our hearts are open to receive. So God, we thank you. We give you all and glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. All God's people say, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. I don't know about you, it's pretty heavy. I just felt, um, when um, worshipping, I just got the, I just got a sense of the healer is in the room. You know how you can go into like a, a big room and there's a lot of people and you still can miss out on the person like you like you go in and you're like, man, I didn't see you there. No, I was there. Have you ever had that encounter before? Like, oh man, I went to this person's party. Oh, I was there too. And then they're like, well, I didn't see you. It's because you weren't aware and because you weren't looking for them. We can be so caught up come into a room that Jesus is walking through And we're not even looking for him. The healer is in the room. And when the healer's in the room, breakthrough's in the room. When breakthrough's in the room, freedom's in the room. When freedom's in the room, peace is in the room. When peace is in the room, all of God's goodness is in the room. All that could be in the room. But we can miss out if we're not seeking that very person that's in the room. And sometimes we just got to just take a moment and just surrender our hearts because I just feel like there have been people in here, or even online listening, that there's been a tug of war in your heart, tug of war in your spirit, tug of war in life, and it's only the start of the year. (laughs) No one feels that? There's a tug of war happening. And it's only the start of the year and you're like, oh my gosh, let this year be finished already. We're only in March. (laughs) But let me tell you, if we can just stand for a moment, cut off all the noise and just go, God, I acknowledge you being in the room. Watch your life transform. Watch your view transform. Watch your ears transform. Watch your eyes. Your eyes will start transforming. Why? Because you start seeing what God's seeing, you start hearing what God is saying, you start acknowledging what He's doing. Because you're not focused on everything else and what you're going through, or the mama, or the hurt, or all that, all that stuff going through, you're actually surrendering it all and going, "God, I really want to seek Your face." Ah, oh, that's got nothing to do with my sermon. Nothing at all. But I just want to acknowledge that He's in the room. And when he's in the room, he gets to speak to us, and we get to listen. Lord, as we start this new series, I pray that you speak to each and every one of us, challenge us, transform us, and make us into your likeness each and every day. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Um, First off, I want to say thank you for all those who could make it yesterday in doing the working bee. We got that done in... Two hours. Real quick. Um, And um, it was just beautiful to see. It was like, usually it's only a few, but this time we had a a great army with us, and so it was awesome. Um, We got to clean out everything that we needed to clean out before we start painting upstairs and getting ready for upstairs, because I can't wait to move back upstairs um, and continue building the altar that God has placed in that room. Um, but we're building an altar here for now, so it's all good. This place will be blessed, the school will be blessed, and everything, everyone who comes into this room will be blessed because we're in here. Um, but I look forward to going back upstairs at church, and so I want to thank everybody who came. Um, successful, a lot of rubbish gone, which is even great. The one thing that I, I mean, Jamaica, um, or Jamaica, or Jamaica and I, if you want to speak your proper language, um, is that we, we decided at the, at the start of our um, ministry as we took over, is that we're not going to be people who hoard. I don't know about you, but this the, this, the life of this church... Like, great hoarders. <laughs> if you remember Life City Days, whoo, tip after tip after tip, man, like rubbish after rubbish, things that were rubbish, but like, no, 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 I can still use it. No, 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 we can still use it. No, 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 no. Everything yesterday was, no, no, get rid of that, no, get rid of that, because we're not going to store any rubbish. God's about to do a new thing. He's going to release new things. Um, we, can, we can be satisfied with the old things, and they do well, but I believe that God's going to give us new things. Um, That is going to not only um, be like, oh, wow, that's so cool. But every person that comes in the building go, wow, that is cool. And what we call that is um, evangelistic architecture, evangelistic um, motives. Is that where the TV's placed, where the chairs are placed, the way that we do the furniture, the way we dress everything up. Is so that people have an experience and encounter with something they cannot explain. We can explain it, we can go, oh God's in this place, but they can't explain it because they don't know who God is, but we know and we get to have that conversation and so um, we're preparing the way so that we can move not only upstairs, but move into the building Um, and yeah, we're getting it together. Um, After church today, just want to make a known first before I forget, because I am going to forget, is that um, the men, if you're a man in here, 16 and over, or 12 and over, or whenever you feel like you're a man. Um, <laughs> um, after church, there's going to just uh, be a, like, a little gathering on the corner over there with um, Pastor Sin and the men, so don't run away, because um, two men will be standing at the door making sure that you go that way. Okay, so all the men in here, they're going to just have a conversation after church, um, so it'll be good for you guys to catch up. Um, and yeah, that's all my notices, because I want to leave the rest for the team. Um, but today, yes, we get to start our new series called In Motion, um, and uh, it was literally from last Sunday. So we're, um, oh, how was last Sunday? Everyone had a good Sunday service? Yeah, good Sunday? Yeah, awesome. I can go away more often. Yes! Nah, I won't do that. Um, so on the drive back to Ham- from Hamilton to here, um, I was napping at the back, and in the napping, I woke up and said, I've got the series that we're going into. Something about when you sleep, when you actually yield to sleep, God can speak to you. You know when we think we have to be busy doing stuff like, read our word, pray, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes in the sleeping, God speaks. If you can just yield to that. And so um, in the sleeping, I woke up and I texted the team. I said, hey, the series this week uh, that we're starting this week is called In Motion, The Fuels and Killers to Momentum. Because this year is about momentum. So we need to know how to fuel that. But we also need to be aware of the killers of momentum because there will be, there will be killers. There will be things in our life that will try to kill our momentum. There will be things that will come up that will try to kill our momentum. And if we're not aware of those killers, then you'll notice that you'll end up in the same place in 2025. But I'm making a decision that I'm not going to be like that. And I'm making a decision that this church is not going to be like that. And so you have to make a decision for yourself saying, I'm not going to be like that. Amen. Yes, all right. So we're going to start in the book of Matthew. Uh, verses 20, uh chapter 25, 1 to 13. It says this, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamp and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the five were, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight... They were aroused by a shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked others, Please give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough oil for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went and In with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Verse 11. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside, calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. Verse 12 says, but he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. So today we're speaking about the new series of in motion, the fuels and killers to momentum, and it's real funny because this with the scripture last night I was sitting at my table. It was eleven o'clock at night, sitting at my table, and the kids were asleep, and I was just listening to instrumental music. I was sitting, and I felt led by God to go to the story. And I started reading and meditating on it. I was like, what's this got to do with momentum? What does this story have to do with what we're talking about, Lord? And he actually showed me some stuff that we can apply. Because this passage, if we go back to this passage of Matthew 25, the passage we just read was the parable of the ten virgins or the ten bridesmaids. The context of the story is a picture of Jesus' return. Okay, I, I want to make it clear before someone takes, it, takes me out of context, saying Pastor Jordan is talking some, uh, something ridiculous that's got, to, got nothing to do with the story. So the context of the story, so we make it known that everyone knows this is about Jesus' return. So I want to do a quick recap and break this down. The ten bridesmaids or virgins all had lamps. Okay? They all had lamps, meaning they all had the same opportunity... To meet the bridegroom. But the bridegroom was delayed and in that delay they had to wait. But we understand from the story that five prepared extra oil for the lamp and the other five didn't. I'm still breaking this down. When the bridegroom was ready, it was midnight and only five of them could go out to meet the bridegroom. Because they were ready while the other five had to hustle around in the middle of the night and purchase oil. Everyone follow me? Yep. The five bridesmaids made it into the feast, while the other five bridesmaids didn't. Why? Because they were spending their time trying to find oil. And so the message of that I wanna articulate this morning or the title is called this Live Ready. Live ready. Why don't you tell your neighbor? Live ready. Tell the person beside you, live ready. Tell the person behind you, live ready. See, if you're asking right now, and if you have questions in your mind, like, hey, um, how does this relate to our series? Like, that's a good question to think about, because I'm asking that same question. I was like to God, what does this have to do with that series? Because this story is 100% about us being ready and prepared for the coming of Christ. But there's some principles that God showed me within the story. And then in the story, how to fuel momentum, but also what could kill our momentum, and so the title of the message is called Live Ready. And when I say live ready, what I'm meaning is we, are, we as the people of God need to have a posture of readiness. We need to have a posture of readiness. I want to explain this so that we can get this picture. So what does that look like? I'm only going to do this one point. I was, I was going through my messages today and I was going to give you three points. You know how people do One, two, three points. I think we're only going to do one point today and we might do the next point next week because there's so much in this one point in the scripture that I believe that we need to be prepared for. And this is the only point that I'm talking about today. Preparedness of change. We need to be prepared of change. Preparedness of change. Being prepared of any changes. So when we go back to the bridesmaid story, the ten, um, ten virgins, there's two things that are significant that happened. The first thing that happened was the bridegroom was coming. Whoa. Wow, Well, we already know that. The bridegroom was coming. But the second significant thing about the story was that the bridegroom got delayed. So we, get, we see the story, this seems so simple. But it's actually quite important for us. We see the bridegroom coming, they got up, get ready, and then all of a sudden, the bridegroom got delayed. This year is about momentum, right? Right? Right window? This year's about momentum? Just like momentum, just think about the momentum, we understand in life there are four seasons, Right? So there is spring, summer, autumn, and winter. But something beautiful happens between these four summers. Oh, four summers. These four seasons. Summer. oh, Spring, summer, autumn, winter. Something beautiful happens. I, want, I, I thought I'd put it up so that we have some like science lessons or thing lessons. Spring to summer, this is what happens. Days get longer and warmer. Flowers bloom and animals become more active. Insects like bees and butterflies help plants make seeds. This is going from spring to summer. Summer to autumn, days start getting shorter and it gets cooler. Trees lose their leaves and some animals start getting ready for winter. Fruits and seeds develop to make new plants. Summer to autumn. Then autumn to winter, days become even shorter and it gets cold. Trees are bare and many animals hibernate or find warm places. Snow may fall covering the ground. Then winter to spring, days slowly get longer, and it starts warming up. Animals that hibernate wake up, and some of the birds return from migration. Flowers bloom again, and trees grow new leaves. That's a lot of information. What's that got to do? What has this got to do with preparedness of change? This is the point. Every season prepares for the next season. Can I say that again? Every season prepares for the next season. Spring to summer, summer to autumn, autumn to winter, and winter to spring doesn't change by accident, but on purpose. In the transition, it's slowly changing. Are we okay? God has designed our seasons to prepare for the change. Preparedness or change? Change. When we look at the story of the ten virgins or bridesmaids, only five prepared for any what change. They didn't know if there was going to be any changes, but they were ready regardless. You following me? Proverbs 6 says this, take lessons from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become what? Wise. Though they have no prince or governor or rule to make them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. Just like the five wise bridesmaids and ants, we must be people in the momentum, be prepared for change. We may not know what change is, but we need to be ready for it. Have you ever gone through life, like uh, gone through something or scenario in life and all of a sudden something pops up that you weren't prepared for? You been through that? I'll put it back to finances because I was really bad with my finances back in the day. Never ever prepared for unexpected bills. So when those unexpected bills come up, I wasn't ready for that change or that bill. And so, just like the five foolish women had to shop around at night trying to find a solution. In our, in our year of momentum, there are going to be seasons that we have to have a change. And maybe a change of pace, maybe a change of thinking, maybe a change internally, maybe a change physically. Like a change of work job, change of situation, change of house, I don't know. But in that change, it could either be one like the five foolish and you're like hustling and bustling and trying to work your mind around it. Or the change could be, I'm ready for it. Because in our walk with Jesus, we must always be ready for change, but we also must be ready for delays. Have you ever prayed a prayer, asking God for a specific time? But in that specific time, there's delay after delay. Have you ever done that? I've been praying a certain prayer, and I still haven't received it. To me, I feel like God's not answering it, but actually God's just delaying it. Because if he were were to answer the very prayer that I'm praying, he knows in my heart that I'm not even ready for it. In my mind, I'm like, I'm ready for it. But in my heart, I'm not ready for it. In our walk with Jesus, we must be ready for change, delays, but we also got to be ready for unexpected events or circumstances because we could be zooming with momentum, right? But then there could be a change of terrain. When I picture, like, I think my example on Vision Sunday was a bike. We bike, right? By bike. You know, true bikers, like I'm not a true biker. I just bike. Like I go on a bike, bike around there to go, come back, done. But real bikers, people who actually love biking, do you know what they do? is that they put the backpack on and they make sure they have a spare tyre. Why? Just in case. When I look at real runners, I can pretend to run, but real runners will have a backpack full of water making sure that they're hydrated. They don't know what's about to happen, but they're just preparing just in case of a change. But for some reason, when we come to our Christian walk, we go through life not prepared for change. And then when God goes, does something or tells us to do something or changes the pace with us, we're like, hey, hey, hey hang on. We're not ready. With momentum, we're, we're, we are going to reach where God wants us to reach. But God is going to do some changes in us. We could either be like the five foolish in hustle and bustle with them. At the peak of midnight, trying to find out where, where can I buy oil? Where can I buy oil? I need some oil. Or we can be like the five wise women and go, I want to just take a little bit of extra oil just in case. Because it requires us to be adaptable, but it also requires us to be willing to submit to God's timing, but also to submit to God's purposes. Are we okay? There may be a moment this year, this might be for someone I'm talking to. There may be a moment this year where you are on fire for God. Anyone on fire for God? Okay. Sorry, so I'll change down the road. Okay. There may be a moment this year where you're on fire for God and you think that everything is all good. But then God goes, slow down. There may be another moment where you are comfortable with where you're at Comfortable with the speed you're going, because you're like, oh, God, I'm cruising, man. I'm loving life, and God's blessing me, and God's doing stuff. And you'll love the, the speed that you're moving on, and God steps in and says, okay, can you pick it up? Can you dial it up? Can you go my place? Because whatever it may be, that for this, um, may be for you this year, all I know that we as the people of God need to live Ready. Because the Year of Momentum is going to have challenges. The Year of Momentum is going to have some heartache. It's going to have some frustrations. You are going to be frustrated with me this year. Okay, you know? You're going to be frustrated with your spouse this year. You're going to be frustrated with your children. You're going to be frustrated with your neighbour. You're going to be frustrated with the other person on the other side of the church this year. But with this Year of Momentum, we want to be ready... Even when the frustration comes, to keep going. Even with the changes in life, we've got to keep going. Even when the enemy's attacking us left, right, and center, what are we doing? Keep on going. Why? Because we're living ready. Are we okay? There's a quote from um, one of the generals of the faith. Um, His name is Smith Wigglesworth. And he said this, It's better to live ready than to get ready. Let me say that again. It's better to live ready than to get ready. I don't know about you, but when I look back in my life and growing up, I'm like, man, I actually haven't really truly lived ready. I was always chasing my tail. Have you ever felt like that with God? Like you're just chasing the tail, chasing the next thing, like chasing the next Bible verse, but not living ready. Because it's better to live ready. Then to get ready. When the bridegroom was ready, the five foolish were still getting ready, which made them miss out on the feast. Why is that important? It's important because change, change is inevitable. Do, you, do we know what inevitable means? Change is going to come. Change is going to happen. And if you think change is not going to happen, you're kidding yourself. Just like there is four seasons in this world, there is many seasons that we go through. And just like the seasons of life, how God prepares in every season to change to the next season, we also got to be like those seasons. Just like when it goes, what's the first thing, spring to summer? And that spring to summer, spring's getting ready to change and and changing, so that goes to the summer we have to be adaptable like that. There'll be moments that we'll be like, so feel like, we'll feel like, oh, we're on fire, we're on fire. God's talking to me, God's talking to me. And then all of a sudden, everything's quiet. Have you experienced that? I've experienced that. Where I'm on fire for God, fire for God, fire for God. And then all of a sudden, God's like, shh. I look back when I, I'm like, God, why were you so quiet in some of my seasons? It's because he's, he's like to me, Like, this is what I felt in my heart. The reason why I was quiet, because I said enough in your last season. The reason why he was quiet in one season of my life is because he said enough to get me through the next season. So he didn't have to say another word to me. All I had to be is live ready. So that even in my droughts and even in my desert moments, I was living ready. Why? Because I carried his word continuously when I look back. I didn't realize at the time, but when I look back, I could, I could see God being quiet and me just hanging on to his word, hanging on to his word. And then all of a sudden that season's finished and then he starts talking again. And then all of a sudden something changes again. But we could either stay getting ready or we can always live ready. Because change is inevitable. And if you aren't ready, let me tell you this, you will miss out on what God has for you in that moment. If you are always getting ready and not living ready, you will miss out with what God has for you in that moment, but it could also kill your momentum. The reason why it could kill your momentum is because you'll be so caught up in the change that you're still preparing for it. There have been seasons in my life when I look back, when I wasn't ready for a move of God or wasn't ready for something that God wanted me to do, and all of a sudden, I was chasing my own tail, trying to be ready. And without me realizing, I just completely stopped. And what happened with that is that I stopped reading my word. Then I stopped praying. Then I stopped doing everything. The only thing I did was go to church, because that's the good thing to do, right? We have to be careful. If we're not living ready in this, in this, in this year of momentum, if we don't live ready and be prepared for change... What's going to happen is that change, change, that very change is going to kill our momentum. Why? Because we're chasing, we're chasing the change and trying to be prepared like the five foolish women rather than the other five who was already ready. We could either be one or the other. We could be either the, like the ant who gets ready for the, the winters and gets ready in the summer or we can be like the five foolish. Ride the momentum and as soon as the change comes, we're not ready. As soon as our tire pops, we're not ready. As soon as there's a flat tire, we're not ready. The worst thing is when I go in the car and the, there's a flat tire and they don't have a spare tire in the car. You know what that tells me? They don't care and they're not ready. The other thing that I don't like, and I should have in my car, but now, now looking at it, I don't have it in my car. But Jumper leads. <laughs> It's funny as, like, if your, if your car's not working, you see someone just walking down the whole street. Do you have jumble leads? Do you have jumble leads? And everybody's like, no, I don't have jumble leads. I don't have jumble leads. Because we're not ready. And so we're chasing to be ready, to get jumper leads, realising that no one else is actually ready. <laughs> you know what we do? We <laughs> This actually happens a lot. When the people who don't have jumper leads start knowing that others don't have jumper leads, they start chatting to each other. And the, the, the moment that you're just trying to... I'm just trying to turn my car on, becomes a discussion with other people who don't have jumper leads. <laughs> <laughs> we got to be careful with us that we don't be like the jumper leads. We have to be ready for the change. we got to be professionals in what we do. Just like... Athletes, you know, when they do training outside their normal regime when there's no one around, when people go hiking, they don't just hike with nothing. They hike to prepare just in case something happens. Have you ever been, uh, 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 probably someone has actually, has anyone been on a hike and wasn't prepared? Yeah? That's terrible. But we actually live our spiritual life that way. We're not prepared for the terrain. We're not prepared for what's ahead. When When I look at like, professionals in the game, especially when they're hiking and that, what do they take? Extra, Sometimes extra shoes or extra socks. Why do they carry extra shoes and socks? Just in case. What else do they have? They have little meals. Why? Just in case they get stuck. Why do they carry extra water? Just in case. It takes a little bit longer than usual. They live ready in their sport or their... What they do, but we as Christians don't live ready, and we go through fly through momentum, and then all of a sudden a change. Oh, we're not ready, and without realizing it, sometimes that that change can kill the momentum that we're going through if we're not living ready. And so the question I want to ask us this morning: How do we prepare to be ready for change? Because change is inevitable. We are going to go through changes. You are going to go through a change. Your relationship with God is going to change. Before, it's just you turning up to church, right? You have this relation with God, and you turn up to church, and it's been wonderful. And then all of a sudden, God's just flipped the script. and He's like, okay, go to church, and I want you to do this too. Oh, no, oh, oh, oh. no, 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 no. I don't have time to, Lord. I'll come to church, but I can't do that. No, God's like, I need you to Change. And they that changing, you go, okay, I'll do it. And, you st- and, you, and, you, and you're ready for it. But then again, then he checks something else at you. Oh, no, 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 no. We have to be people that live ready. So how do we prepare to be ready for change? And these are three simple things, but these three simple things are life. The first thing is this. Stay grounded in his word. This is more than just reading his word or reading from cover to cover. Because I know heaps of people who read the word from cover to cover but have no change in their life. I did it at Bible college. When we had Bible college, part of the the, the curriculum was that we were to read from cover to cover of the Bible. Did that change anything in me? No, because I was just ticking off an assignment. We have to be people who are grounded in His Word. It's, it's about being in the Word, but also allowing the Word to be in you. So not, not just us reading the Word, but let the Word read us. So that as it speaks to us, it's changing here. Mm-hmm. Psalms 119, 105 says this, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Joshua 1.8 says this, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all. Can I make that known? Do according to all that is written or in it. We can't pick and choose what's in the Bible, but we've got to do what is according to all of it. For then you'll make your ways prosperous, and then you'll have good success. We ask God for good success, we ask God for a way of prosperity, who doesn't? like? We can ask that, but before any of that, we have to live by what? The word. Because it's in the living of the word and meditating it day and night, let it not depart from us, letting it be in us, from there prosperity comes, from there success comes. When we are grounded in the Word of God, it takes us through every season and through every change. You know what the beautiful thing about the Word of God is that it can go through all your seasons. We can't, like, you can't just go, oh, no, the Bible doesn't apply for me in this season. No, the Bible applies for all seasons and for all changes. That everything around us can change. Yeah. Through circumstances can change. Things in our life can change. But you know what? His Word what remains true. And it will continually remain true, and his promises will remain true. What does the Bible say about what does the Bible say about his promises? It's yes and amen. It's final, finite. Like you can't get more. It's promises of yes and amen. You don't have to second guess it. Even through the, the like when me and my wife were going through stuff, especially early um, time of our marriage, <coughs> money was like everywhere. Right? I always talk about money because that, that was the main problem of my life. Um, and go through all this. And you know what? In those moments of struggle, I didn't actually lean into the promises that God had for me. I started questioning him. Oh, Lord, where are you? Oh, Lord, you said you're going to be with me. Oh, Lord, this, this, this. But you know what? If I live ready, even in those moments of drought, even in those moments where things are not working well, God, I thank you. That your, your word remains the same. I thank you that I'm blessed, even though I don't feel blessed, but I'm blessed. It's declaring the word of God, even though you may not see it, even though you may not feel it. Why? Because you're speaking into the existence. You're speaking into the reality, saying, Lord, I may not be blessed yet, but my blessing's coming. That's me living ready. But me in our early days, oh, Lord, where are you? Oh, Lord, I'm going to go get a loan because you can't do it. Oh, no one here? Oh Lord, I'm gonna get it alone because that's the answer. <laughs> am I talking to somebody? Does it hurt? Yeah, a bit. hurt. <laughs> it's the truth. We're so quick to seek the answers within this world, thinking that that will fulfill us and align us. But we realize that later, I shouldn't have done that. That's not living ready. That's living on our own terms, our own ways, but living ready that even in the times of poverty, Lord, I thank you that I'm a blessed person. Even the times of poverty, Lord, I thank you that you're making a way so that all these finances and all these situations that I'm going through, you're paving a way. Why? Because he's the way maker. He's not just the way maker when things are going well. He is the way maker when things are, when your back's up against the wall and the enemy is running at you with put of like forks and ready to get you down and then all of a sudden the sea in front of you splits he is that way maker but that's if we live ready and so we as the people of god how do we prepare for that we've got to be stay grounded within his word we need his word to walk through life we need his word to walk through seasons we need his word to walk through changes why because his word remains true continuously The Bible even says that that his word, he puts his word above his own. He puts his word above his own. So when God says something, he can't go against it. Why? Because that's his word. So stay grounded within his word. The second thing is this be diligent in prayer. Be diligent in prayer. I want to uh, chuck a few verses at you. Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. 1 Thessalonians 5.16-18 It says, Always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Luke 18.1 says this, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show they should always pray and never give up. So just in these three scriptures, there's devote yourself to prayer, never stop praying, and always pray. Which shows us that prayer is vital in the walk of our life. For us to stay ready for change, prayer should be our first point of call. I get annoyed with this. I want to tell you an annoyance that I go through. My wife knows it, and she shouts, she, every time it happens, she's, shh, shh, shh. Any wives in here? Like, tell you, man, shh, shh, don't talk, shh. And if something annoys you, you like, and they're like, shh. You don't need to say anything, It's when people, not any of you, okay? The church down the road. when people come to prayer with God only when circumstances are dire annoys me it only annoys me because I used to be like that (laughs) where I would use God like a vending machine and thinking that my prayer is doing something oh B5 Lord that's, that's healing Lord and then you're like, oh, Lord, I need something else. Um, B6. <laughs> Back there. We use prayer. Like a, like, a, like, a, like a coin in a vending machine saying, Lord, my life's got a wreck. I need you now. It annoys me. The only reason why it annoys me is because my Savior didn't die for that reason. My Savior didn't die for us to use him as a genie. My Saviour didn't die for us to use Him when we only want to use Him. Prayer should be our first point of call. In times of blessing, you know what I do? I pray. In my times of blessing in our life, I pray, first thing. Why? Because I need to pray. I shouldn't just be praying when things are bad. I shouldn't be praying when my back the warm. I shouldn't be praying because I need a breakthrough or all this other stuff. I should be praying because I want to communicate with the Heavenly Father. That's why I should pray. And when I say pray, I'm not saying in the sense of you talking and God listening. I'm saying you shutting up for God to talk. Because for some reason, with this Western idea and this Western world, 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 like world of prayer is us coming and gathering together, praying to God, 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 breakthrough, breakthrough. Lord, change, revive, all this. And he's like, can you just shush so I can talk to you? Because prayer is two ways. For some reason, the Western world has put it prayer is one way for God to listen to us and for God to do our bidding. Prayer is not that. Prayer is about us coming into his presence so that we can be in his likeness and communicate. So that in the praying and in the seeking of him, he's like, what do you need? God doesn't say, what do you need at the start of the prayer? God says, what do you need after you come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise? What do you need? I can tell you 100%. If we can be people who are diligent in his word and diligent in prayer, that when we go to pray to God and, and we say, God, I'm praying not to get something from you, but I'm praying to have a deeper relationship with you. Speak to me. And that speaking to you, he'll give you pathways and, and blueprints to get you out of your situation. You might be going, God, but I need money. No, I want to give you a way out so that you don't have to seek money, but money will chase you. Prayer. Don't use it when you need, just need it. Use prayer at all times. At all times, I'll praise the Lord. I'll continually speak of his praises. My favorite psalm in the whole Bible, Psalms 34, villain. at all times, I'll praise the Lord. That praise is also about thanksgiving, also about us surrendering. At all times, I'll praise the Lord. At all times I'll come in prayer. Praise is communication. but it's not just this way, it's him speaking down to me. And you know what happens when we truly pray? God gives you insight in the situation you're in, but he also gives you foresight of what's come. But if we're so busy with prayer, just to go, God, vending machine, B six. You'll miss out on what God's trying to do in you. And you're like, God, I push B six. Why is it not coming out? Lord, why am I I put my vending machine coin in? Why are you doing this? He's saying, What if you just be diligent and pray to me? Because I can make anything happen. I can heal the sick. I can make the blind see. I can make the dead rise. If only you would just be diligent in prayer for me. And in our prayer with him, he gives us insight with where we are, but he also gives us foresight. So with this momentum that we're building, when we're praying to him and devoted to prayer, he's like, hey, there's a corner up ahead. Be careful. It's a rocky road. So he's warning you now, but he's also selling you what's ahead. Because God is the God who sees around corners, Right? God is a God who will see you around the blind spots, right? So we can't see all the way ahead, but He can. So when we in prayer, we can go, God, just thank you. I just surrender my life to you. I surrender my mind to you, and I surrender my day to you. And in that surrender, God starts downloading things. Get your heart ready, Jordan. What do you mean? Get your heart ready. Get your heart ready, Jordan. Like there's been moments in my life where God will say something. Just get your heart ready, Jordan. Get your heart ready. And you're like, what? It doesn't make sense. And then something happened during the day that I needed my heart to be ready for. You know what? That is accessible for all of us. God might be going to you in your prayer life and you're praying in the morning, God's like, put a smile on your face. (laughs) like, I don't want to smile. My husband annoyed me. I don't want to. But for some reason, God's like, put a smile on your face. And then all of a sudden, you step outside your door, jump in your car, head to work, or go down the supermarket, and the first person that comes around the corner is somebody who needed your smile. What does it do? Changes your here, but it also gives you foresight for something that you don't see yet. When we pray, it aligns everything. You may not go. You may not know why God's telling you to smile. You may not even know that God might say, "Can you put your pink dress on today?" Hmm, what? I'm putting my pink dress on. I look like an egg, like, you know, like or like Jordan. I want you to dress up, put some dress shoes on, put some um, things on, and then if I actually go outside my house wearing dress shoes and a dress top. People are going, "Are you alright?" because like, I don't dress like that. But if God told me to do that, i be going, "What for?" This is me just wishing, you know. This is me like, "Come on, Lord, do this to me." Like if God said that to me, and then I walk around the corner, and then all of a sudden there's a businessman. And then that businessman, hey, God told me to meet you around the corner. I've got a million dollars for your house. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. God can do anything. But if we're not in prayer, how can we have foresight? God does say crazy things in the the moment, but it makes sense later. But we can't be in that place if we're not devoted in prayer or diligent to prayer. The last one, is I think the most important one. I know words important. I know prayer is important, but this is also important, and it's this: always being thankful. Always being thankful. Ephesians five twenty says, "And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ." I think uh, let's go back to some of the scriptures before about prayer. Uh, Colossians four two: Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. You'll notice that every time we prayer is, thankfulness is. First uh, Thessalonians are one of the other scriptures from prayer. Always be jo- joyful, never stop praying, but thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, who belong to Christ Jesus. Psalms 95, 2-3 to says this, Let us come before His presence with what? Thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with Psalms, for the Lord is the great God. The King a great king above all gods. Colossians 2:-67 says this: as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with what thanks giving. God is not the cause of all things, but he shall be thanked regardless. We have to make that known. God's not the cause of all things that bad. God can't do bad things. Bad things happen because we're in a sinful world. Bad things happen because it's just a domino effect from the fallen, which was mum and dad back in the day, Adam and Eve. (laughs) Mum and dad back in the day, Adam and Eve. The very beginning. From that point, sin has been like a domino effect and bad things have happened. And that even the world itself... Bad things happen. God's not the cause of it, but he shall be thanked within it. God is not the cause of the situations that we may be going through because it may be our own thing that we're the reason why we're in there. Have you ever been in that situation? The reason why you're in so much debt? I know I bring money up a lot. Is this me? Because I've been through a lot of bad stuff with money. But if it speaks to you, I pray that it speaks to you. Getting in so much debt, and I'm like, God, help me. And God's like, Why'd you get there in the first place? Why did you make that decision, Jordan? Why did you do it and tell your wife later? no, oh. no one does that. Oh, okay, the other way—the wife does it. <laughs> but a lot of the stuff that we go through, the the, the, the bad stuff or the, the things that are heartache, that are hard, it's not because of a cause of the devil, but it's the cause of our bad decisions. But even in our bad decisions, God shall be thanked. Even when you don't want to talk to your spouse, God shall be thanked. Even when you want to tell your children off, God shall be thanked. Do you know what will happen if you have this mentality of God shall be thanked in all things? That when you're about to yell at your child, you're like, oh no, 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 God shall be thanked. (laughs) And so that yelling actually comes back and you say, no, no, no. I'm not honouring God that way. God shall be thanked. Someone address my children this way. I'm not saying that me and my wife get it right all the time, but we get it right most of the times. The way we discipline our son, the way we talk to him, the reason why we do that is because God shall be thanked. Because at the end of the day, Judah, wherever he is, Judah is God's son first, not mine. I just have the responsibility and care on this earth to make sure that he raises up to be a godly man. But the first, he is God's son. And if I disrespect God's son, who am I disrespecting? God himself. So God shall be thanked. Not just in the little things, and the big things. God shall be thanked in all things. So that when we have an attitude of God being thanked in all things, what are we doing? We're living ready. When circumstances die and things like crash around us, God shall be thanked. Why are we thanking God in times of that? Because we're ready. We're living ready. And this year is all about momentum and all about us reaching what God has ahead of us. But in the ahead of us, there are going to be changes. And we've got to be prepared for those changes. And in preparing, we must be stay we must stay grounded within this word. We must be diligent in prayer. But we also must be thankful in all things. And sometimes, to be honest, there'll be things in your life that you go through that you don't want to be thankful for. There'll be times where you don't want to thank God. There's, not even, there's times where you don't even want to talk to God. Okay, just me. Okay. There are times where I don't even want to pick up his Bible. There are times where I don't want to pray for him. There's times that I don't want to worship him. But you know what? When we get away from our feelings and live ready, and even in those times of I don't want to, I'm going to even if I don't get anything from it, you know what I'm doing? I'm just paving a way of thankfulness. I'm paving a way of being diligent. I'm paving a way of this. Because we're living ready. We're not going to be like the five, five foolish bridesmaids who are like, oh, can you give me something? Can you give me something? And like, hey, no, no, this is even enough for me. We don't want to be rushing, trying to be prepared for change. We just, we just need, to be, we need to live ready. And so as we start the series today of In Motion, The Fuels and Killers, The Momentum, my encouragement for us today is to live ready. Be prepared for change because change is going to come. Change going to come. Oh, no one this one.. Hold on, change is coming. No? Okay. <laughs> change is going to come. And in the change, we just got to live ready. How do we live ready? How do we prepare for change? We stay grounded within his word. We're diligent to prayer. And what's the last one? Always what? Thankful. Imagine this room full of, full of thankful people. Oh! I know, like, you know how worship gets amazing? Like, oh! And sometimes we just walk in here just like willy-nilly, right? But imagine a church people who walk into a building with thankfulness. Ooh. Oh, come on! Oh. <laughs> imagine a church family walking into a room with thankfulness. What can God do when we're just thankful? Ah, oh. you've been wanting to see miracles and wonders. Be thankful. You wanted to see God do something amazing, something incredible. Be thankful. And imagine we bring all our thankfulness together. Oh, the room! be electrifying not saying it's not electrifying now but just saying it'll just be more electrifying so let's pray father we just thank you for your presence that's in this place we acknowledge you right now and so father as we prepare ourselves for this year of momentum Lord god i just pray right now you speak to each and every one of us and how this word relates to us and what we need to do but lord father as we prepare to live ready Lord, we just ask Holy Spirit to continually um, correct us, continually be with us, and continually show us what uh, we need to do each and, day, each and every day, that we want to be people who are grounded within your word, we are diligent to prayer, and we're always going to be thankful. And I pray even in the times where we don't want to be in your word, in times where we don't want to pray, in times where we don't want to be thankful, I pray Holy Spirit, you move us within so that we continue reading your word, praying, and being thankful. And God, we surrender this year to you. We surrender all our, all our frustrations. We surrender things that we may be going through. We surrender all those things that we need. And we lay down at your throne and go, God, even if you don't move in these areas, we're still gonna praise you. We're still gonna lift your name up regardless. But we thank you that you're God that, that does all things for us, that, that, that brings breakthrough in, and blessing. And so, Father, we just want to thank you. We give you honor and glory for who you are, for what you've done, and what you're going to do in our lives this year. I pray for blessing upon each and every person upon this place and every, upon every person that couldn't make it today. And I pray for every person that is listening online. I pray that you speak to them in their cars or on their phone or wherever they may be listening so that may, they, they may see you and go deeper in you. In the name of Jesus, we pray all God's people say. Amen.